0: Let's pray together. Lord, I ask that you would help us at this time to hear from your word, that you would shape us and form us, that you would encourage and inspire us. For we ask this in your name. Amen. Please be seated. So we are now in week five on our sermon series of the five marks of mission. And uh, just to recap very quickly, we, we learned that, that because of the reign of Jesus, we have good news to share Jesus is the very best kind of king, and we are to embody his kingdom in all that we do. We're called to teach, to form people in the faith. Um, Not just teaching them about the faith, but what does it look like to trust in Jesus? The embodiment of the kingdom means that we respond to human need with loving service. That's key to what we do. Last week, we looked at transforming unjust structures in society and being reconcilers and healers. We don't do that by getting angry. We do that by appealing to the humanity of every person, even those who are treating others unjustly. And uh, you may remember the the story of Daryl Davis, who is a a black American who goes to KKK rallies in order to talk to people about racism. Today we are looking at treasuring the earth. And the actual uh, mark of mission goes like this, to strive to safeguard the integrity of creation and to sustain and renew life, the life of the earth. All right. So, it's time for you to do some work. You ready? (laughs) Mitch, you can just rest, because just getting here with two kids, is. I'm sure you did all the work and Lisa just watched. Yeah, oh dear. Okay, so. We all know that climate change and environmental issues are around us all the time. So I want to hear from you. What things have you heard that we can do, you can do, we can do together to save the planet? What things have you heard that we could do or maybe that you're already doing? Recycle? Sorry, I'm hard of hearing. Compost? Use less. Buy used goods, yes. Stop using plastic bottles and plastic everything, right? Yeah. Hold corporations accountable. Hold corporations accountable that's true. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. So that's good to know. Have hope because the damage done is reversible still. Anybody else? eat less meat yes less noise pollution sorry about water use less water right on okay these are all things we've heard we had a keener this morning saying he's going to dra- ride his bike more <laughs> yeah like using less fossil fuels right is, is a good way to help so um Last year, a movie was released called Kiss the Ground. It's a documentary, and and I wanted to show you the trailer because when I hear all the things that we could be doing and should be doing, sometimes I get discouraged because there's so much. And when you look at the bad news on the the radio, or or look at it on the radio, yeah, that works. When you look at bad climate change news, it gets discouraging. And so somebody produced this movie, and I'm just going to, hopefully it'll play. There's so much bad news about our planet, it's so overwhelming. Truth is, I've given up. This is the story of a simple solution, a way to heal our planet. The solution is right under our feet, and it's as old as dirt. All of our soils that are under chemical conventional agriculture are almost completely devoid of microorganisms. Modern agriculture was not designed for the betterment of the soil. Fossil fuels are by no means the only thing that is causing climate change. When we damage soils, carbon goes back to the atmosphere.
1: But when we destroy soil, it releases carbon dioxide.
0: Biosequestration is using plants, trees, and techniques of grazing and farming to capture carbon and store it in the soil. We can fix a lot of our climate issues if we bring the CO2 down into a living plant and put it back into the soil where it belongs. Plants working with soil microorganisms, it seems too
1: simple. Healthy soils lead to a healthy plant. Healthy plant, healthy human, healthy
0: climate. Hey! There could be a way to eat food that heals the planet. The problem isn't the
1: animal. The problem is where the animals are at.
0: How do we take waste and repurpose and reuse it because it's really not waste? The poop has to stay in the loop. Compost is just one of a suite of soil-based carbon capture solutions. We know how to do it. And if we continue to scale over 30 years, we can reverse global warming. We
1: can get the earth back to the Garden of Eden that it once was, by regeneration. To see biodiversity return to a place that was completely devastated, that gives me hope. Our health and the health of our planet are connected. If you look over here, my neighbor's land that has been chemical fallow, then you look over at our paddock, you have a diversity of different plant species. Which model do you want your food to be produced from? The answer is pretty simple to me.
0: I'll make you a deal. I won't give up, and neither should you. So if Woody's not gonna give up, we shouldn't give up either, right? I haven't actually seen this film. I've looked at a bunch of reviews, and some people complain that it's, it looks at the problem too simplistically, and it's, it's, its response to it is too simplistic. But I'm thinking, that's not the point. The point is actually to give hope and say, we can actually do something here. And that's the first part of the striving for um, safeguarding the integrity of creation. To strive. It's to actually endure, to persevere, to hope, to keep trying. That's what we're called to do. Now there is a danger here with every issue. Social justice issue, uh, environmental issues. The danger is that if we put that in the center of who we are and what we do, Just like with social justice, we can get burned out and jaded and give up hope. But what is the Christian response? What is it that we're actually called to do here? And our calling is to safeguard creation. That's who we were created to be. That's why we were put on this earth in the first place, was to reflect the sustaining, life-giving character of God in the world around us. But the problem is we've got that twisted and and messed up just with the fall of people. We can can start at the wrong spot. So I think I don't want to focus on what are you going to do this week (laughs) to save the planet. I want us to look more fundamentally at who are we called to be and how are we called to live. Because this isn't something extra to discipleship. This is discipleship. If we want to experience life abundant, part of that is to take care of the planet. So about 18 years ago, this is a picture of um, the Crane Mountain Landfill site, which is just outside Grand Bay. Pretty, isn't it? Uh, about 20 to 18 years ago, um, the manager of the Crane mountain landfill site was on the cbc and he was saying he's very very concerned because they were filling up the landfill much more quickly than they had anticipated and he was appealing to uh, the constituents in that area to stop wasting so much recycle use composting they were getting buried and when a friend of mine and i heard this interview we started thinking well what what could we do to actually instill the sense of calling to be caregivers for the world, what could we actually do? We came up with a brilliant idea. We called up the manager of Crane Crane Mountain Landfill, and we said, Hi, we would like to held a service of communion on one of your cells in the landfill. And he said, You want to do what, where? I said, We want to have a service of Holy Communion on top of a pile of garbage in your landfill why? I said, because we are stewards of the earth, and we need to acknowledge that we are wounding the earth, and we want to go right where the wound is and invite God's healing in. I don't think you can do that. I don't think you want to do that. Yeah, we really, really do. He goes, I said, before you say no, would you talk to your team and, and see what they think? So he goes, okay. So he <laughs> He called his team up, and the next day or two, he called me back and said, all right, we can't do that. That's just all kinds of nasty on top of that cell. You do not want to go there and eat. So I said, oh, oh, well, thank you for looking into it. He goes, no, 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 wait. We, we have an interpretive center, and from the front of the interpretive center, you can see most of the cells, and you can see the compost area, too. And he goes, do you want to use that? And we said, yes. Yes. And so we had David Edwards come, because I wasn't ordained yet, and I said, you would like to celebrate communion in a dump, right? (laughs) He said, would I? And he goes, what are you up to? And we we told him, he goes, that's a great idea. So we went to this place where we are inflicting a deep wound on our planet, and we asked God to save us from ourselves. We asked God to instill in us not an environmental attitude, but a calling to be good stewards of creation. When we were celebrating communion, I will never forget this, a bald eagle flew overhead. And I was just like, that is incredible, because up to that point, I hadn't seen many bald eagles in our area at all. But I was so hopeful in seeing that. If we want to get at um, our calling to be stewards of creation, we need to go back to Genesis. And I'm wondering if if we could read this together. um, Let's read this together. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Okay, well, enough said there, right? (laughs) Tremendous violence has been done to this passage because we have read it with a spirit of entitlement rather than a spirit of gratitude. We read, subdue the earth, and we don't start with Genesis 1, we start with Genesis 3, where we put ourselves in the center and oust God from it. But we are created in the image of God, What does that mean? It means we are called to reflect the character of God and have influence on the world around us that reflects the character of God. God who is wise and life-giving and sustaining and creative. That's our calling. We recognize in this calling that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it and all those who live on it. We have no entitlement. Everything we receive in this world is a gift. But when we put ourselves in the center, we say, actually, our job here is to consume. It's about living my best life. It's about having a comfortable existence, of having plenty of money, not having any worries. That's my goal. That's my purpose. Then I can do anything I want to the planet in order to get what I need to achieve my goals. Look at the way North America was settled. Look at how we treated the people who lived here. It's not about caring for the planet. It's about getting what I can get for the least amount of money so I can be as most comfortable as possible. I remember after 9-11, like a day or two after the president spoke and said, guys, we're safe now. Go out there and shop. Let's keep this economy going. There was no time to think or to grieve. It's like, let's get this done because this is why we're here, to pursue this dream, to have as much as we can possibly have. Our calling is to reflect the character of God in the rest of the world, and that's what safeguards it. That's what cares for it. If you look in Torah... There's these beautiful examples where people are directed to allow the land to rest every seven years. Allow the field to, to lie fallow. Just let it be. Or when it comes to fruit trees, don't eat anything off the fruit tree unless it's at least five years old. Be gentle with the earth. Give back to the earth. Um, in Deuteronomy 28, uh, Moses wrote there that... Um, Blessing would result in the land if we obeyed the covenant, if we lived in proper relationship with God. Our crops would be blessed. Our kneading bowls would be blessed. You know, we would be blessed with offspring. We'd be blessed, 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 blessed. Then you get to Deuteronomy 29. He says, if you don't follow the covenant, then your land will be cursed. It'll turn to desert. You won't have offspring. You know, things will empty out. Now this isn't a threat, and it isn't a bribe. The blessing isn't a bribe, the curse isn't a threat. It's a consequence of us either living in sync with what God has called us to be and how to live, or it's a consequence of living at a step with him, at a step with the design he created for us to be, who he created us to be. When you look at climate change and all the stuff that's happening and the impact is had on the planet and you just think, Lord, have mercy. Heal us. Heal our land. So we are called not to give up and we're called not to be overwhelmed but to strive to walk in our calling, to safeguard creation And I keep covering up my notes. So this sermon is going to be way longer than you thought. (laughs) Okay. So what are we to do? What are we to do? The last part of this, Mark, is to say we are called to sustain and renew the earth. Here's the good news. Me and I already said it. This is reversible. We can and we do have a very negative impact on the world around us but we can have a very positive impact as well I came in this morning and I had to fill up the pitcher of water here with some warm water and it took about three minutes to get warm water out of that tap and I'm thinking how much how many liters of water was that right so Steve the next job is to get one of those little heaters under the sink instantaneous hot water all right we know Part of our calling is to actually look at ourselves and ask God, examine my heart. Examine me. Examine my life. Am I walking with you? And where conviction comes, and again, conviction is saying you were created for more than this. Guilt is from the enemy. It says you're worthless. But when God convicts us, it invites us into into deeper relationship with him. We are called to say, how can I how can I more, more live this? Where is the hope? And I, I don't know about you, I can think of five things in New Brunswick alone in the past few years that have brought me hope. The first thing is, can you believe the number of bald eagles in the river valleys of this province? They've come back after the effects of DDT, right? Unbelievable. I, go, I nearly go off the road once a summer as I'm looking at a bald eagle. It's just incredible. There's a, there's a creek in St. John called Marsh Creek. And it was horrible. The smell was awful because they dumped sewage in there and pollutants from different factories directly into the creek. And a few years ago, they cleaned up the creek, they stopped any pollutants from going into it, and they couldn't believe how quickly it recovered. You don't have to roll up the windows now when you drive by Marsh Creek. You don't get any suspicious glares at the person you're with either when you drive by Marsh Creek. (laughs) Um, and I don't know if you heard this story, this, this wrapped up last year, I, I found this, this news clip, I've got to share it with so
1: you. So Nashwalk Watershed Association has put down some new roots, thousands in fact. As CTV's Sampson explains, they just finished a 10-year project to plant trees that will prevent flooding and provide habitat for local wildlife. This area is the last 27 acres reforested by the Nashwalk Watershed Association. The final 270 trees were planted this week. The silver maple floodplain forest is one of the most converted habitat types in eastern North America because humans, of course, like to have a view of the water or they put infrastructure on those properties. So we're restoring it to what it would have been pre-settlement. They began in 2011 and since then have planted a tree every couple of meters. It's a challenging site because it is a floodplain. So they do suffer from flooding and, and ice in the floodplain. But overall, it's, it's, it's really beneficial to the community of humans and other species. They plant with purpose, protecting the ecologically significant area.
0: It'll be incredible. Like silver maple, silver maple can suck up a ton of water where flooding is a much bigger problem than it has been traditionally in this area. Yeah, so these natural systems, including these trees, are the best tool that we have to uh, prevent and deal with flooding caused by climate change.
1: The area is in the process of becoming a conservation easement. So that means the 27 acres will be protected from any kind of development in perpetuity. And that's something that we are working on with the city of Fredericton. So we're really, really glad that they're on board with conserving floodplain properties like this. Now that this project is complete, the Nashwalk Watershed Association has set its sights on a 53-hectare property downstream, where they plan to put roots down in the coming years. Allison Sampson, CTV News, Fredericton.
0: Isn't that great? One of the things we we do need to examine our lives and see um, where we can turn more closely to the Lord and receive that mercy and that grace. Um, I want to encourage us. I want to encourage us today. All of the marks of mission are about us living out our faith in Jesus in so many different ways we're going to be looking at more things in in one area than they do in another but the question is lord how can i reflect your glory your character today and the focus today has been we do that by uh, caring for the planet that to do so is to enter into abundant life so let's keep striving and not give up hope and embrace our calling to be stewards and guardians of creation And let's seek to walk closely with Jesus and allow that relationship to be reflected in how we live and how we engage our environment. Let's examine our lives and see where repentance is needed and work to renew our environments. Let's pray. Lord, please reign in us. Please use us to be agents of healing and reconciliation in this world. Lord, may our lives be examples to others of what it means to believe in you and to trust in you. Show us again the good news that we have to share and provide those opportunities for us to do it. For we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.